Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. We made it to the weekend. The NBA back in our lives. Blackhawks today. MLB still chugging along for now. Golf, round three of the WGC, a major next week in the PGA Championship. And our friends at Hawthorne Racecourse granted a sports betting license by the Illinois Gaming Board. Speaking of Hawthorne, we'll check in with Jim Miller, just like we do every single week, about the big, big plans with the Sportsbook and Racino coming their way. The NBA returned with the one and only Drew Dinsick, and in a couple of moments, Adam Small from usbets.com on the Illinois sports betting problems. And I got to say, guys, it was a draining week covering Illinois sports betting. Even though it was past 14 months ago, we're dealing with the ramifications of this horrendous bill right now. Under the radar, last Sunday at midnight, without getting the word out, Governor Pritzker ended remote registration for sports books. In the middle of a pandemic, he decided when he's telling you to stay safe, out there taking his victory laps, the best thing to do in the name of safety for the state of Illinois was to 
bring back in-person registration for you to walk into a casino if you want to have the right to bet with the state. The broke state of Illinois is handing millions and millions of dollars to Indiana, illegal offshore websites, and to bookies. If you follow me on Twitter, if you're active there, you saw some of my rants about it earlier this week, at Joe0670 if you want to follow me. But um, once again, this is all in the name of politics. The names may change, but the game's still the same. I gave the, the state a chance. I've been an advocate for legalization. You know that if you've heard me talk about sports betting on the station. Many of you told me again and again, Joe, it's Illinois. They're going to mess it up. It's Illinois. Don't get your hopes up. You guys are right. I'm the idiot. This blows my mind. I don't know how you defend any of this, whether it's the bill, it's the decisions during a pandemic. It just makes no sense. And this happens when our main sports are returning when you could bring in a lot of tax dollars for the state, when FanDuel, DraftKings, PointsBet, William Hill, just to name a few, are all about to launch in the state. Just think about that. Take a step back and soak that in. Hmm. I wonder why all the curious timing. If you've lived here a long time, you're not wondering too long. This is Early Odds Sports Radio 670. The score, Joe Ostrowski with you on a Saturday morning, every Saturday, 8 to 9 a.m. Uh, let's bring in our friend Adam Small. He is the co-founder of usbets.com and pocketfives.com. You can find him on Twitter at Adam Loeb Small. And let's rewind a little bit. Last Sunday, I was tipped off to the fact that remote registration at sportsbooks in Illinois was ending last Sunday because I was checking out Adam Small's Twitter uh, timeline and he was pointing out, hey, you know what? It, it looks like uh, this executive order, it was going to end at midnight on Sunday and that's exactly what happened. So the in-person registration is back on. Adam, what was your reaction before taking to Twitter and just sharing the information when you saw that in the middle of a pandemic, Governor Pritzker decided to go back to the in-person registration like the law was written? Yeah, hey, uh, thanks for having me on, Joe. First of all, uh, it's great to be on your show for the first time here. And uh, yeah, sorry to have been the bearer of bad news <laughs> on Sunday. I, I it's like, I hope this I... Adam guy is wrong. I really hope he's <laughs> wrong about everything he's tweeting. I, I also hoped I was wrong. Uh, it was definitely a bear of bad news and possible shoot the messenger moment. But uh, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I got word from my contact at Rush Street, which owns the Rivers Casino out by O'Hare Airport. And they basically just said they were surprised as well. But the executive order wasn't renewed. And we had to kind of investigate a little bit just to understand what the paper trail was on all this. But looks like there was an executive order on June 4th that kind of overrode the in-person registration requirement. And then this executive order was extended on June 26th until July 26th. And then on July 26th, there were a number of executive orders extended having to do with the pandemic. And this just wasn't one of them, meaning that uh, Governor Pritzker decided to let this expire. And uh, I, I, my thoughts on it are basically that it's, it's horrible policy. 
it was horrible policy when they first enacted this rule, even when there wasn't a global pandemic going on, because in-person registration simply does not help the market grow and thrive and become a competitive and vibrant market that, that services consumers well. But that being said, once we did have this pandemic situation where it is very dangerous to, in my opinion, go, go to a casino, especially in the summer with the air conditioning blasting and assuming there's a decent sized crowd in those buildings. It's a situation that uh, at, at the very least, a lot of people are looking to avoid just going inside a place like that. And instead of offering relief to this situation by allowing people who want to make these bets do it online, uh, which an industry that already everything's set up to do, and it's only, it's only this regulation, this law that's, that's holding it back, uh, instead of allowing that to happen, they've decided that people need to go in person. And uh, it's it's really just, it's something that makes really no sense at all, unless you understand that it's being done for the benefit of specific local interests at the expense of others. Correct. It's really not that much of a surprise. I've gotten some pushback on this over the last week. Uh, what do you say to people that say, well, this is the law. I agree with you, Joe. It's a terrible law. It's a bad bill. And we see that this week as we're finding out, oh, wait, for a month, you're not going to be able to bet on the PGA Tour. or You can't bet on some of these soccer leagues or the KBO, if that's what interests you. Uh, for people that say the casinos are open, so Pritzker had to go this route, uh, what do you say to them? I say it's nonsense. Pritzker, nobody held a gun to his head and, and made him do this. Uh, he could have made a decision in the, in the interest of safety in the interest of an industry that can grow faster, which is good for people in the industry just generally, consumers, companies, uh, maybe all but one. Or, you know, he could make a decision that just really leaves a lot of people out in the cold. And also, I understand that sports betting is not a vital service, that it's not, it's not like a grocery store or a doctor's office or something like that. It's something right. people can live without. But... If you're going to have this industry in the middle of a pandemic, just as we wanted to encourage people not to go out and do other things that are dangerous during the pandemic, it makes a lot of sense to find ways to not encourage people to physically visit casinos when the same services can be offered from their mobile phone. No question. And I know you've been in contact over the last couple of weeks uh, with people from both DraftKings and FanDuel. And a week ago at this time, they were trying to get the word out. Hey, let's, let's get this early registration online done. They clearly right. knew this was happening. They had the, the inside information on that, and we were all alerted to it over the weekend. Did they have any reason to believe that the early registrations would hold? I don't believe that FanDuel and DraftKings knew that the executive order was going to end. Really? Uh, the, the communications that I was getting from both those companies implied that they were getting ready to launch their marketing campaigns in Illinois, uh, which is something that we partake in. We're, we're a marketing company and we do a, a lot of deals with these with FanDuel and DraftKings and others. So uh, we were kind of getting ready to start working with them and ramp things up. And everyone we were speaking to there was under the impression that both those companies were about to launch maybe even before the end of July and start offering sports betting in Illinois and that both would be able to go full on the way Bet Rivers did a few weeks ago. So I, I think there were a lot of people who were pretty surprised by the way this turned out. 
This is Early Odds Sports Radio 670. The score, Joe Ostrowski with you. My guest, Adam Small. He's the co-founder of usbets.com. He's also been following the legalization of sports betting here in Illinois. And uh, I guess to add on to your point, now we're going back a little bit, but by DraftKings picking East St. Louis, right? By picking Casino Queen to partner with, which is now called DraftKings at Casino Queen, by the way. And that gets to the branding stuff. I'm sure much of the audience doesn't really care too much about that. But by them making that selection, a place that is five hours away from Chicago, literally the same distance as a drive to Cincinnati, they obviously felt that the in-person registration would continue to be by the wayside um, when they were going to launch. Yeah, uh, I mean, they they were definitely not planning to capitalize on in-person registration at Casino Queen. I guess there's an argument that they could be attracting people from the St. Louis market, and and that's I'm sure a reasonable size market. And there's there's not legal sports betting in Missouri, so uh, potentially they could be bringing over some customers from across the state border over there. But clearly, Chicago is the big market that everybody wants to win in Illinois, and they're not well set up for in-person registration from the Chicago market. But you will at least have the option to uh, bet online at Bet Rivers after visiting uh, Rivers Casino if you, uh, if you haven't already registered for Bet Rivers and made a wager prior to this week. And also, you'll have another option in the area, Points Bet Soon, which is a really great sports book that offers some unique options and, and is pretty fun. I've, I've done a lot of betting on there in my visits to New Jersey, okay. and they will have a Chicago area location as well. So that, that'll be a little bit easier to deal with than going all the way down to East St. Louis. Yes, they have a Hawthorne race track, and we're going to talk to Jim Miller from Hawthorne later on this hour right here on Sports Radio 670, The Score. I've said with the return of in-person registration, Adam, tell me if you disagree with any of this, that obviously the biggest winner is rivers and the offshores win too because there are a lot of people that are going to say forget that i'm not traveling five hours just so i have the right to lose money to a sports book um indiana continues to win if you look at their handle last year during football season so much coming from the chicagoland area Uh, how much money would you venture to guess uh, just just a guess um, that Illinois is just throwing by the wayside by missing out on all these tax dollars. Oh, I, I mean, tens of millions of dollars a year in tax money for sure. Uh, it's it's a big number, and I don't want to I don't want to go too crazy on making an estimate, but it's a lot because markets that have statewide mobile registration simply do much much better than markets that do not. That's already been borne out, uh, just easily accessible data about all the various U.S. states that have legalized sports betting in in different forms, whether it's in-person only, like New York or New Mexico, uh, or online statewide, like Pennsylvania or Indiana or New Jersey. Uh, We just see very, very different results, and online statewide is clearly just much better, both for consumers and for the states that uh, that are getting tax revenue. So yeah, they're missing out on a ton. And I, th- I think you make a great point about offshore. Uh, offshore books are available everywhere and uh, people will choose that rather than physically going to a casino uh, mm-hmm. during the pandemic. There's also uh, the Indiana factor, which is also true. If you l- live close to the Indiana border, all you got to do is just drive across the state line and you can register online and make sports bets at FanDuel and DraftKings 
and PointsBet and a few others. Unibet actually just launched this week in Indiana. So, um, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of ways to circumvent this that don't involve physically going into a casino. So maybe this does benefit Rush Street, the owner of, of Rivers, in some ways, but it's definitely unquestionably bad for the market overall. It's too bad you can't cross the border for our Chicagoland listeners, go to Indiana and, and register for DraftKings or FanDuel in the state of Illinois. It, it's too bad you, they couldn't figure something out. Yeah, that's just uh, the nature, unfortunately, of U.S. gambling law that every state wants to have a very tight stranglehold on what can be done within, within their own borders. And, uh, and that's something that's not likely to change. But the good news is that while this is very annoying right now and will be very annoying in 2021, uh, hopefully mm-hmm. less annoying as the pandemic hopefully starts to taper off at some point. But uh, there will be a point in the future where there is statewide mobile in Illinois, and this is no longer an issue. And it's, it's just, it's a matter of time and, and annoyance during that time. Adam Small, co-founder of usbets.com and pocketfives.com, if you're interested in the poker world. Uh, Adam, you are the bearer of bad news, but we appreciate all the information today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Joe. It's great to be on. That's Adam Small uh, answering a lot of your questions when it comes to Illinois sports betting. Coming up next here on Sports Radio 670, the score, the NBA returned on Thursday. And a a guy that's just a savant when it comes to betting the NBA. His name is Drew Dinsick. He's been on this show before. We're going to break everything down uh, about how you should approach these regular season games and then how it's going to change when we get to the playoffs. That is next. This is Joe Ostrowski, Early Odds, Sports Radio 670, The Score, and the Radio.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
early odds with you every Saturday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. on Sports Radio 670. The score. Let's bring in one of the go-to guys when you talk about NBA and sports betting. He's the co-host of the Deep Dive podcast on Twitter at whale underscore capper. His name is Drew Dinsick, and he joins me on the Al Pomonte Ford Hotline. Uh, Drew, we'll get to the betting stuff in just a quick moment, but let's talk about the fan side of things. The NBA returns for real for the first time in 141 days on Thursday. Uh, what were the emotions like watching uh, the association? <laughs> Dude, it was like Christmas morning, man. Uh, yeah. I couldn't I, – I, I, there were two consecutive days this week where I think I slept like maybe two hours just because I was like – excited thinking about how certain teams are going to match up for the playoffs like what did we see that gives us an indication in some of these scrimmages that guys have made leaps or guys have been in training or some guys maybe didn't touch the basketball like you know just kind of going through the mental exercise of preparing for it has been been a little bit uh of an adjustment because you know it was a nice break but uh, i'm out of shape like it's, (laughs) it's uh it's pretty clear that uh it's going to take a little bit of time and you know, I was betting the um, the scrimmages, um, pretty you know, pr- pretty decent, getting some pretty decent sized bets down. Actually, I was surprised at uh, you know what what people were taking, even just the emotional swings of watching a scrimmage and you know teams coming back and you know scoring all of a sudden stopping or all of a sudden exploding. It was good exercise to just kind of prepare myself for the uh, for the swings of an NBA game because I don't know if you've heard this before, but uh, <laughs> basketball is a game of runs. It is. Leads itself to uh, live betting. People have said that from time to time. Uh, so you're watching the scrimmages. A lot of people, even though we've been waiting around for sports and some of the ratings are just through the roof. Like the Cubs, uh, their new network marquee, compared to last year at this point in the season, the ratings are up 45%. Wow. And, and that's the Cubs. That's a, wow. like there, there was some expectation a year ago. So you're watching those scrimmage games. And I know you're mostly a numbers guy, but uh, you sure. like to take a step back and look at everything. Did you carry any of that over into these regular season games that we're watching? I think there were some super valuable lessons. A lot of the numbers that I had for uh, for these teams in, you know, say March, whatever it was, March 10th when it stopped, I was skeptical that any of that was going to be relevant. Right. I was like, I, you know, who knows? Like, this is basically like a fresh season. You're going to have to come in with totally new priors. And then watching the scrimmages, a lot of my attitudes about that changed because I felt like we were getting a higher level of effort, a better, a more competent uh, level of play than I expected by a long shot. Um, I felt like overall the scrimmages were highly competitive. I felt like the star players did not treat them uh, as, you know, just glorified practices. You know, they were truly competing uh you saw examples like uh you know Harden refusing to come out in the fourth quarter of the second Houston scrimmage and is like you know dude this could be your run to a title you know you're you got fresh legs you know you're you're not uh you know burdened with having to carry this offense over the whole season like why you know why risk getting an injury or uh you know putting yourself in uh in harm's way but uh you know it's almost like to a degree these are human beings you know these these are professional athletes and they've given up an enormous amount of their freedom and their normal lives uh, to make this happen. And I think along with that comes, a, you know, a pretty substantial commitment to trying to win, you know, to trying to make this worthwhile. No one wants to give up two months of their freedom and, you know, ability to, uh, 
uh, you know, kind of travel and socialize and, and all that without, uh, you know, something gained. And so I think to a degree that, you know, everyone who's in the bubble feels like they have a reasonable chance to either make the playoffs or to win a title if you're, if you're a true contender. And uh, I think that came through pretty clearly watching the scrimmages, just seeing the level of effort we had from the star players and, uh, and just really the quality of play overall was quite high, I thought. This is the early odds on Sports Radio 670. The score, Joe Ostrowski with uh, my guest, Drew Dinsick at whale underscore capper on Twitter, co-host of the Deep Dive podcast. How about these NBA totals? I, I know you usually end up uh, playing totals, at least according to your Twitter account, uh, more than some of these sides. And we didn't even have to see a regulation bucket before the books made their adjustment. You see how low some of these totals are so far after hearing months and months of some people saying, oh, I can't wait to bet the unders. Well, well, sure. good luck. Good luck betting <laughs> those unders because you don't even get an advantage from day one. What was your thought process when you saw these totals posted? That was a pretty fascinating uh, kind of evolution, right? First and foremost, the way a market matures for a sport like the NBA where they're going to do a huge handle um, is always interesting to me. And when they came out with the schedule, it was probably what? It was early July for sure when they kind of announced the full schedule. It might even have been before July 4th. Um, so about a month ago. Right away, a bunch, of, uh, a bunch of shops threw up numbers. You could see pretty clearly they had taken an enormous uh, chunk off the totals, right? Like mm-hmm. I think a typical Pelicans game would have been lined in, say, the 230s uh, in, you know, in March. Uh, and here it was opening night, Jazz Pelicans was lined 222, right? And, you know, they were taking sizable bets. I saw places taking $1,000 off the open, which is not, you know, that's nothing to sneeze at. And um, sure enough, like those numbers got driven down quickly across the board. And um, I think, you know, Jazz Pelicans went down to, let's say, 220 and a half. And at that point, it was like, okay, what, what's going on here? Like, wh- is there really a, a, a reasonable expectation that we're going to see like an 8% reduction in pace or, uh, or offensive efficiency here? Like, you know, what's the prevailing theory that supports this? And I get that after the All-Star break, you know, a lot of players have had a week off. Uh, you throw them back into a game setting and they're, you know, they have a very difficult time shooting, especially in the first half of those games before they kind of get back into rhythm with the way that the scrimmages went down and the fact that a lot of the players kind of got their legs under them pretty obviously through those three games, uh, it was pretty clear that the adjustment that they had made uh, was too severe. Granted, it didn't manifest as winning bets, you know, over 220 and a half, even though that ended with like nine points of closing line value was a loser. But uh, I think it is fair to assume that the operating assumptions or speculation that there was going to be rust, that there was going to be, some sort of impact on shooting because of the unfamiliar gym. Um, I don't think a lot of that is unfounded. And I wouldn't be surprised if over the course of like, uh, say like a 20 game sample here off the start, uh, we see overs come in at say 60, 65% because they're still deflated to a degree. Um, and certainly, you know, some teams are operating at a higher pace even than what we saw in March. Uh, some teams have new pieces back like the Portland Trailblazers, uh, you know, have some uh, important pieces back that they didn't have in March. And so, you know, for sure, there are going to be opportunities to identify some spots where, you know, the totals are still too low, even though they're all taking money to the over. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think I would chalk up last night to just sort of opening night jitters um, and uh, as opposed to 
uh, you know, saying, you know, hey, they were right. There is rust. There is, you know, because that was, that was pretty sloppy. Um, and there was some bad offense, sure. Um, but uh, I think most of, uh, most of what we saw last night was just, you know, some, some runs of, of lack of scoring because of, uh, uh, you know, just some, some jitters that, we, uh, that come along with, uh, hey, this is, this is the real deal. This is an important game. Like, hey, Lakers, Clippers, like this could be your Western Conference Finals. Like that, you know, has a playoff intensity to it that, you know, you would expect a little bit lower pace. So it's not, uh, in, you know, not entirely shocking. We saw the two unders on uh, opening night, but uh, uh, I like a couple of overs on Saturday. And um, until they really meaningfully adjust to at least the totals we saw pre-COVID, I would say that uh, there is probably uh, betting value on the overs for now. Good. I want to get to the games uh, lined up here on the Saturday that you like in uh, just a couple of minutes. But what I do want to ask you about the NBA and Major League Baseball, a pair of dissimilar situations. But I find myself uh, a guy that usually digs futures. I like talking about them. I like betting some of them. I'm uninterested in a lot of the season log stuff in baseball and in the NBA so far, uh, futures like titles and conference. I'm, I'm not all that interested because I want to see uh, more of what it looks like. And I think a lot of people think that you can't jump in in the middle of a season when all that stuff is available every single day. Uh, what's your mentality when it comes to futures? Yeah, well, I definitely uh, looked hard at evaluating the futures market here before we got into the restart, knowing that, uh, we're going to get a heck of a lot of more information between now and the first playoff series. You know, you, you just kind of at least want to evaluate the prices and see if there's anything that's super off market um, that you can, you know, grab now that's going to meaningfully move in your direction. Right. And, you know, so I, I did do, you know, my homework and went through it pretty carefully. I didn't make any bets, but uh, I did kind of generate some, you know, some thoughts on the current prices. And I would say almost everything uh, comes down to path this year in the NBA playoffs because, you know, and this isn't breaking news, uh, we've removed the element of home court advantage. (laughs) So there is an enormous uh, chunk of uh, advantage that, you know, that existed for the likes of the Bucks and the Raptors to a degree to the likes of the Lakers and the Clippers that's gone. Um, And I, you know, I expected the market to adjust for that. And the market, I think, uh, reasonably captured that. And then as I kind of went through and did my numbers uh, after adjusting, um, I still see a, a pretty clear advantage path for Milwaukee in the East. Not only are they by far and away the you know the most talented team, they obviously have the best player in the East, and it's not especially close. But they do have the easiest path, and um, you know right now, like they're likely going to get a you know pretty much a buy in round one, uh, going up against either the Magic or the Nets in terms of, you know, those teams just are on a completely different level. And then uh, worst case scenario in round two, maybe you draw the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, 76ers, you have a huge advantage uh, over them in terms of your second unit. It's going to be difficult for, you know, everything kind of has to go right for the Sixers to get a win against you if you're the Bucks. that, you know, you're going to probably look at all of those games lined at about, you know, Bucks minus four and a half, Bucks minus five-ish. Um, so they should win that series 80% of the time. Same thing goes for a series against Toronto or, uh, or, or Boston. Um, Boston is probably the best possible matchup for the Bucks. Like they, you know, Boston has a huge rim protection issue. Uh, Giannis is really effectively unstoppable against that roster. We're going to see that game today, and I can't wait to see uh, the Bucks take apart the Celtics today. But in a seven-game series, especially, I really just they, there's no there's no adjust. You know, Brad Stevens might be the next greatest coach of all time 
he doesn't have a roster of, of uh, players that can effectively, um, you know, take away what uh, some of, you know, what Giannis and what some of the other uh, tall, you know, length that they have on that team can do at the rim. Uh, and so that's a huge problem. And, you know, you're going to have to go score for score with them. And the defensive matchups are a nightmare as well. It comes down to kind of Milwaukee or Toronto for me. And Toronto really is kind of lacking the, you know, the, the key player that they need to score in crunch time if those games are coming down to the wire. Like, I, I don't love the idea of the ball in Fred Van Vliet or Kyle Lowry's hands against a team like the Bucks because they can effectively just funnel those guys to the hoop and force them to try to finish, uh, which they're not especially good at. So you basically just have to play disciplined defense and not foul them. Uh, and you're going to, you know, prevent them from scoring late in games. And you can potentially pull away. So it's, there's really not a, a matchup in the Eastern Conference that scares me at all uh, as far as being a Bucks backer. And I kind of make, make them somewhere in the ballpark of minus 205 to minus 250 uh, to win the East. And, you know, currently market-wide, it's about minus 150 to minus 167. So there is a little bit of value there. Um, and I can talk myself into Bucks to win the title also because I think the Western Conference is stacked. Like, it is loaded. It is much, much tougher than the East. People kind of assume that this goes through L.A. one way or the other. But those are going to be very difficult series for both of those teams on their path to the Western Conference Finals. And then you almost certainly are talking about uh, you're going to get a very physical, very hard-fought seven-game series between those two. Uh, and you potentially could be going up against the Bucks team that maybe only lost, what, like two to four games on their path to the finals. So you could have a huge rest advantage and a huge, uh, just a fatigue edge uh, for Milwaukee come final. So I'm, I'm giving some pretty serious thought to uh, getting involved with them at, uh, uh, you know, plus 300 or better to win the NBA finals. Uh, this is early odd sports radio, six seventy. the score with you every Saturday morning, Joe Ostrowski with guest Drew Dinsick. And Drew, you mentioned that you like some of these Saturday NBA games. We've got five of them and we all love, love, how the NBA has just staggered all of these games. So we've got Miami, Denver, Utah, OKC, New Orleans uh, going up against the Clips, Philadelphia and Indiana, and Lakers and the Raptors to wrap things up this evening. Uh, which games jump out to you? For sure, Oklahoma City uh, and the Jazz. I like the Thunder in that one quite a lot. Um, we've seen some, you know, we've seen a, a shift in the, the line. They've flipped as it flipped over two favorites. Um, but I think that's 100% warranted. You saw the Jazz obviously pull off uh, an incredible upset last night. Um, they were not a very popular bet at all. You know, Pelicans got steamed out from a pick them to like minus three, I think. That made sense if the Pelicans could have gotten all of their uh, transition buckets and, you know, held their lead there. Um, but the problem is, you know, the Pelicans have a really stagnant, really lousy, um, like, set offense relative to the Jazz's set defense is incredible, right? And I think the um, what the Thunder can do from a set offense is way more dynamic. It's way more effective. Uh, and I really uh, have to give a ton of credit to Sam Presti and company for the pieces they brought in the Paul George trade. They got a king's ransom for George. They have probably the deepest roster in the, in the Western Conference. Uh, they have um, a much, much stronger second unit. Uh, Chris Paul is you know, kind of revitalized his career as the floor general for this unit. Um, and you've seen huge leaps, you know, steps forward from, uh, you know, players like Gilgis Alexander and, and Gallo and even Steven Adams to that, to a degree. So it's going to be a very, very tough matchup for the Jazz in this one. Uh, the Thunder are, aside from the Rockets, the Thunder are the worst matchup for the Jazz in the West. 
and uh, a lot of it kind of comes down to what they can do out of uh, uh, out of their set offense. So it's going to be um, it's going to be thundering in that one by uh, by a couple of scores, in my opinion. Uh, and I think uh, if you if there's any enthusiasm to back the Jazz after people have you know just saw them come away with that upset, uh, you may get an even better price than what we're looking at right now at OKC minus one and a half. Drew, I know on the Deep Dive podcast, uh, yourself and your co-host Andy have been uh, going over uh, just about all the different teams. And your first podcast was an hour and a half on the Bears and the Lions. So you didn't do NFC North this year, so you don't have Andy pumping up his Vikings here. What did you uncover? What are you thinking uh, about the Bears and the rest of the division going in? And don't worry, you don't have to be kind because we want betting advice here. Oh, for sure. Well... The narrative around uh, handicapping circles for the NFC North this year is that it's relatively wide open, right? You ask uh, 10 people who's, who are going to win the division and you're going to get, uh, you know, probably equal answers in terms of each team. Uh, I personally think the Bears are clearly the fourth best team in the division and it all kind of boils down to what's going on with the quarterback position and the offense in general. And it's really a head scratcher what is going on with Ryan Pace and his decision making and kind of his entire the entire vision really of the of the Chicago Bears coming into the season is is very tough to wrap your head around. I know that there's probably a lot of hey I, you know we need to uh, throw a hail mary here to win some games and save our jobs I guess, but uh, it's it's not obvious to me really what the team building philosophy was. Some of the pieces that they brought in on defense, while you know they are clear difference makers, um, you still have a stars and scrubs unit. And there are some thin portions on that defense where an injury here or there, uh, or as we've seen in the case of Eddie Goldman, uh, you know, an opt out here or there can be a very meaningful uh, negative to the unit as a whole. You can remember last year, pretty obviously, in the absence of Akeem Hicks, uh, the impact that Khalil Mack had on the game in any given game went way down because you can put two hats on the guy. You know, it's still a unit overall that I think is a little vulnerable. You know, if they're not winning the turnover battle, especially vulnerable. Uh, and the offense is a unit that I have a difficult time seeing how they're going to be able to score, say, more than 24 points in a given game, especially with some of the limitations of the offensive line. And uh, the quarterback position is still an enormous question mark. I know they're saying it's an open competition between Trubisky and, uh, you know, and Nick Foles, assuming Nick Foles plays. Is Nick Foles an upgrade over Trubisky? Maybe, um, but going from, say, the 28th best quarterback in the league to the 25th, does that give you enough wins to, you know, challenge for the NFC North title? I don't think so. Their schedule also is a little uh, difficult. Um, I can see a scenario play out where they're, say, two and six halfway through the season. And I think at that point, um, you know, your priorities change in terms of what you're trying to do with your 2020 campaign. Are you trying to, you know, get to eight and eight and, you know, try to pretend like there's momentum heading into next season? Or are you positioning yourself for a top choice in the draft and what might be, uh, you know, one of the best quarterback drafts we've seen in, say, since the Trubisky Mahomes uh, Watson draft? I don't know how you justify uh, the biggest hole on your entire roster is the quarterback. Ask any Bears fan for their entire lives. The biggest hole on the entire roster has been the quarterback. It's obvious what Trubisky is not. You say that we need a quarterback, so you make a trade when you have yeah. plenty of free agent options out there, including Cam Newton. Uh, but, but they'll tell you how he doesn't fit the system. Okay, great. Um, but I, 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 what I don't understand is how, how do you justify that move and fail once again to go – and draft a quarterback 
in six yeah. years, he's he's tried a quarterback in the draft once. You can go even beyond the quarterback position and ask, what is the plan here, right? Like, why did you give Jimmy Graham survival, anything? right? Why, but like, why do you need nine tight ends? <laughs> like, what's what? <laughs> how does that help? They do not um, like that. They were going after a couple of reporters, maybe in jest, but they were bringing it up how, how people have been writing about them having nine tight ends on the roster. Let's say you feel like you have some super secret information that Nick Foles is actually an amazing quarterback. And you feel like you got him for a steal, even though you gave up assets to get a guy who may not be better than other free agents that were available in the market, right? And you're taking on a, a pretty, you know, a non-trivial amount of money with Nick Foles too, it's worth noting. Mm-hmm. But let's just pretend for a second that you absolutely know that he's got the goods, right? Well, if you look at what made him successful when he was at Philadelphia, a ton of it came down to the fact that he, he was around an extremely, extremely talented roster, maybe the most talented roster in the NFL the year they won the Super Bowl. That offensive line was so complete and played at such a high level that he really had all of the time in the world to operate back there. He was never really under duress. He was able to pick apart the Patriots in the Super Bowl down the field because they really couldn't generate any semblance of pressure on him. And, oh, by the way, he had a bunch of weapons he was throwing to, not just tight ends, but wide receivers and support from the running back in that offense, you know, that were on another level or at the, yeah, at least in the top five talent-wise across the NFL. Well, if you're going to go and make this move and bring in Nick Foles to the Bears, you better address all of the other problems on the offense as well. And they really, you know, have kind of let the – uh, offensive line, in my opinion, kind of they've neglected that. They, yes. you know, you're how good is Nick Foles under under um, you know significant pressure? I mean, he's a, he's an older quarterback. We've seen him in this league. We've seen him on teams that had poor offensive lines, and he is extremely ineffective when he is under duress. And so it spells trouble, no matter how you want to play this. And uh, to be honest, I think your better chance heading into the season is probably going with Mitch for, you know, see if you can salvage this experiment uh, and run the offense that was more catered to his strengths, which is one read. And if it's not, if, if you don't feel comfortable with that read, take off, get, you know, move your legs. Anything you run this year is going to have to be fast. Uh, and if you want your defense to be successful, you're going to need a lead. Uh, so you're going to need to kind of recreate some of the magic that was their 2018 campaign where they were just outstanding out of the gate. Um, and, you know, scoring points early, gaining a lead and, uh, you know, and then unleashing uh, the monsters of Midway to, to, to wreak havoc. You're almost better off, at least in my opinion, at least just seeing if you can recreate that with Mitch and, uh, you know, really try to utilize some of his athletic gifts uh, as opposed to going with what Nagy, I think, would prefer as far as, uh, you know, running a more complex offense with more yeah. reads. And, uh, and, you know, Nagy is going to have to swallow his pride to a degree. You know, when the Bears were struggling early in the season last year, was Nagy trying to make a point to front office that, you know, Mitch is not the guy. Uh, and then after kind of making that point, he regressed to some of the more simple, uh, you know, simple offensive concepts. And the Bears obviously won some more games down the stretch. In a best case scenario, you go that route this year. Uh, you know, I could see them having some middling success. Um, but in terms of like, if you're a hardcore Bears fan and you want the future of this franchise to be as bright as possible, I think this season you're better off winning, say, two, three games, uh, mm-hmm. cleaning house in the front office, especially, and uh, drafting one of these badasses out of the uh, you know young quarterbacks. 
I would not disagree with that. Where does the power lie? We'll find out when we find out the week one starter bears against the Lions. Their idea of addressing the offensive line was changing the coach. They bring in Juan Castillo and they think everything's going to change. I, I can go on all day. Drew, next time you come on, we're going we're gonna to break down a bunch with the NFL. Tell your wife you'll see her in a few months, okay? <laughs> I like it. Hey, uh, before we wrap, do you have time for one more bet for you guys for NBA? Of course. Let's go. Okay. Uh, I was saving this one for last. Favorite look on the card, and it's not even close. Over 215 in Raptors-Lakers. That line is at least seven points too short. Uh, Lakers, with a win, clinched the number one overall seed in the West, and they can kind of go on cruise control for the duration of the uh, restart here. They are going to give you a 100% full effort offensively. The Raptors in general run a have been running a, a higher pace offense in this restart, I think, experimenting with some of their lineups and, uh, and trying to get more offensively out of their guard play. So that, that is going to be a very high-scoring game. I do not know why the total sits at 215. That's going to get steamed probably, and hopefully people get to hear this before, uh, before that number's gone. But I think fair price in that one is about 222, currently listed about 215. So that is my favorite play of the day. All right, bet that one ASAP. Drew Dinsick at whale underscore capper, co-host of the Deep Dive podcast. Uh, Drew, thank you so much, as always, for coming on Early Odds. Hey, thanks again for having me. Best of luck to everybody. Yeah, good stuff there from Drew Dinsick. Uh, coming up next, we will check in with Jim Miller over at Hawthorne Racecourse. It was a big, big day on Thursday at the Illinois Gaming Board meeting for Hawthorne, and we'll fill you in on all the details next on Sports Radio 670, The Score, and the Radio.com app. You've got early on Sports Radio 670, The Score, every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. And every Saturday, the on-air analyst, morning line odds maker over at Hawthorne Racecourse drops by. His name is Jim Miller. You can find him on Twitter, at Hawthorne Jim. And he joins me on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline. Uh, Jim, Thursday went down in Hawthorne Racecourse history. You guys were issued the sports betting license another step closer to a gaming license so uh, you can have that racino that you've been planning for next year and i was uh watching the illinois gaming board meeting this past thursday president tim carey uh, was on the call and he got very emotional to the end so thursday uh it wasn't a great day for the industry locally but it was a great day for hawthorne yeah, and I'll tell you, Joe, we were sitting there in the background as Tim was making a speech, and you saw a lot of, of teary eyes and people choking up a little bit, and it's only for the fact that Hawthorne really is a family here. It's a family-run business for over 100 years, and just how much time and effort's been put into trying to get gaming, trying to get sports betting here. I mean, on the gaming end, it's been 20 years in the making. On the sports betting end, it's been a little bit more recent, but it's been doing everything you can to stay afloat for the industry. So to, to reach this point, it was tears of joy for sure. Uh, it, it was definitely a, a momentous day here in, uh, here at Hawthorne and uh, a lot of excitement because now you're, you're going to see things going full bore in regards to a casino and, and even that much more quickly, though, in regards to sports betting. And this sports book will be points bet. I know we have a lot of sports bettors out there listening, and maybe they've never heard of points bet. They have launched in Indiana. They've been operating in New Jersey. And to be a winner here, Jim, if you want to be a sports book that really stands out, what you have to do is separate yourself from the pack. And points bet offers something that these other books don't have. It's called points betting. So inform our listeners that are trying to figure out points betting. what, what, What exactly is that? It kind of increases your odds. It gives you that chance to uh, really watch a game all the way to the end. And they gave me a great example for it. Say you're watching a Bears-Packers game, and you have the line, say the Bears are minus three. All of a sudden, you get late in the game. The Bears are up four. 
all of a sudden the Packers throw a pick six, and now that moves up to 10. With points betting, that's going to increase your return when you go forward on making your wagers. And it's something that they offer on a whole lot of games. There's a whole lot of multipliers that they put in for this. And it really, it, it, it makes every single second of that game count. It's something that PointsBet has done a lot of work behind. And you're right, you need to separate yourself from everybody else. And PointsBet is really going to be active here in the uh, Chicago market. But it is, it's a way to kind of multiply upon your wagers and earn a little bit more in the end. And it's something that you can put a limit on too. There's a sliding right. scale that you guys can pick. So let's say you're playing an NBA total, Jim, and you win by 30. Well, if you max it at 10x, it would be right. on a $5 bet, five times 10. Or if you let right. it go all the way, it could be five times 30. That would be your winnings on that one single wager. Yeah, and that's the thing. And what you see is a lot of smart sports bettors may be able to find some areas and lines where they can catch a gap like that. You may see a line that, that looks like it's four or five points and you think it's going to be 15 or 20. That's the time to really kind of double down and really kind of continue to push forward and, and maximize your wager. And through points bet, they're allowing you to do so. And the cool thing is, even though we're not quite ready in Illinois, if you look at the points bet Indiana site, you can see all the wagers that they offer now. Get familiar with it so you're ready to go the day the doors open here. Next week on Early Odds, we're going to have the CEO of PointsBet on, and uh, he'll be able to really explain it to all the Illinois sports bettors here. What's happening at Hawthorne? The, the countdown is on. Yep. We're just over a, a month away, Jim, from the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, we're over a month away from the Kentucky Derby. We're less than three weeks away from sports betting here. And with the Kentucky Derby coming up in a month, everybody still has to kind of find their place to go to watch and wager on the Derby. And we're open for wagering here at Hawthorne, but you can't have spectators here on site for races. But our OTB locations are open. We have tents set up in parking lots, socially distanced seating and that. So you have a lot of different locations that you can go to to watch and wager on the Kentucky Derby. And we're taking reservations now. And at the same time, for those that want to prepare for sports betting, you're going to have four locations. You'll have Hawthorne Racecourse, you'll have our Prospect Heights OTB, our Oakbrook OTB, and our Crestwood OTB. So we're covering a lot of the geographic region. So if you want to get familiar with the setup, you can start to do it now and know that you're only about three weeks away from sports wagering. That's Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, talk to you next Saturday morning. All right, you got it. Thanks, Joe. As always, we appreciate Jim Miller from Hawthorne for dropping by. Also, Drew Dinsick with some incredible insight into the NBA. Adam Small on Illinois sports betting problems, which don't seem to stop. Subscribe to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Look that up in case you ever miss a show so you can catch the podcast version. Inside the Clubhouse is next with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel right here on 670 The Score. Best of luck, everyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.